I love that your podcast is called Creators Are Brands because it is the absolute truth that creators now and for the foreseeable future will be the biggest brands in the world. And the reason for that is in the, in the past, the society had a affinity to the establishment. Now society wants to ride with the individual. And so cre- social media has given the individual the tools to be able to become and, and supported them with the infrastructure to be able to come to become brands themselves. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Tom Boyd. This is the show where I uncover how creators are building brands online from their mindsets to their creative process to their monetization strategies. And in this show, we're talking to JT Barnett. He is the founder of Honey House, the very first adult content house, the founder of Reset, a festival for the hottest wellness brands, and the founder of a hockey brand and media company because JT is an ex-professional hockey player, but now he specializes in business and internet strategy, all rooted in wellness and positivity, and you can see that positivity in everything that he touches. He's currently teaching everything he's learned from his experiences on his personal TikTok account, and it's taking off. We talk about his creative process. We get into the tactics of how brands should be working with creators, why a better camera might not be the way to go, and a super simple daily habit that helps him stay centered as he juggles so many creative projects at the same dang time. Do your boy a big fave before you listen to the show. Click the Apple Podcast link, subscribe, and write an adorable review that I can then screenshot and send to my mom, proving to her that actual humans listen to my content. <laughs> All right, I'm so stoked for you to hear this show. Let's get into it. JT, something that you harp on in your content, uh, there's this theme about doing the simple things well and doing the simple things consistently. And one of the simplest things that I see you doing consistently is walking, your morning walk, the walk gang. Can you tell me a little bit about your, why this is so important to your morning routine? Yeah. So walking is like probably one of the most underrated, um, practices for physical benefits. Like there's so many elements to walking that uh, just like improve your day to day. One of them being outside in nature is something that is just like just the studies that show just how beneficial being out in nature is. I also think that like the physical act of just like moving your body is something that a lot of people don't do enough of, especially people that work, run businesses, sit in an office all day. You just you you usually put physical fitness or physical activity on the back burner, and walking is just such a simple way. It's not it's not uh, overly uh, impactful in the sense of like it doesn't you don't need to like stress your body out. Um, it has so many benefits like physically of just moving, and it's like easy to do and enjoyable to do, especially if you live in a place where it's somewhat nice out. So for me, it's something that like is an easy five minute, seven minute add to my day of just like, I literally go out and walk around my block and that just like reaps so many benefits. I would love for people to work out. A lot of people don't have that time, don't have that interest or energy. So for me, I try to recommend like, just get out and walk, get outside, walk, take in the the fresh air, move your body a little bit. um, And you'll start to see a lot of benefits. 
and I wanted to tell you we're going to go into the content, the marketing, your branding, but I think it's I think that gives a good insight into what you're all about. It's these grounding habits that get you in a prime state of mind to be able to be a creator. Now, you've successfully launched multiple creative pro- projects uh, from festivals to the first adult TikTok house to now you're teaching on your own personal brand on TikTok. Can you tell me more about your mission when it comes to teaching on TikTok? So, so specifically on TikTok, um, the, the model that I am really interested in and like where I'm trying to take it is I've just recognized over the past three or four years that I really want to be a teacher. I really mm. want to, like legitimately, I want to teach in college as a professor um, or something along those lines. Maybe I'll do it where it'll be more virtual and it'll be like anybody can join it. But like I want to be a teacher because I really enjoy the act of like having a class and like helping people get to where they want to get to. I happen to be really interested in and have always been really interested in the Internet and social media and how you can take advantage of being an individual on those. And so for me with TikTok, when I saw the rise of TikTok and started to like it really invest time into it and build brands on it like Honey House, like my personal account, um, I just recognized that TikTok is kind of like the intersection of a lot of things that I'm really interested in. Um, that being creativity, that being culture, that being humor, that being uh, um, uh, authenticity. And so it's just been a platform that I've really been able to have success in because I relate to it very deeply. And so that was my, with my, with my business account, with my now being my kind of like personal account. Um, I want to build that up to be able to help people one, understand TikTok, and two, help them with like their personal life running businesses or working or being entrepreneurial or like really just being an individual mm-hmm. um, and empowering them to like take control of their life. Cause I think that that's what the internet and social media has done for me. And so I, to, I wrap all of that up by saying, I want to be a teacher and I want to have my audience be my class. And uh, I want to build that up to be something that is really impactful and really massive. Yeah. And the cool thing is right now you're gathering all these data points of what you want to teach, what people are responding to, what's working, that you'll be able to eventually apply to that curriculum to truly provide value to your students. Now, when did you start on TikTok? Or when did you start this this, this teaching account? So I I started on TikTok, like I probably got told to jump on TikTok from a couple of people, maybe end of 2018, early 2019. So like, right when it was just starting to become a thing. I didn't actually start putting time into it till probably mid 2019 when I was just like posting random things. And then obviously with Honey House was when I really started to take it serious and like go into it. That was during quarantine last year, probably around like the March, April, May, June, July period of last year. Um, I was doing it all on my own account, which was more humor and more like, couples content and then i and then i decided oh i actually really want to start talking about business and education and i tried to post that kind of content on that page and because i had posted so many in the humor and couples niche it didn't work because Mm. of the algorithm like you are not a business account yeah and and so i tried for about a month to post every single day a business piece of content to see if i could change the algorithm and what i noticed from that is it's really hard to change your profile completely. 
I, I don't know if you could do it if you dedicate three, four, five months to it consecutively. I know that for me, I wasn't having the traction that I wanted. And I was also simultaneously seeing people start brand new accounts and only going really hard into a niche like that, a, a new one, and only interacting with those profiles and being able to scale really quickly. So what I wanted to do was do that instead. So I decided I'm going to start a brand new account, have it be only business, have my other one now change to only humor and almost even couples. And um, I'm going to go really hard into this business account. So I started that business account on end of February, like beginning of March, and started posting every single day, three times a day, four times a day, as, as much as I could. And it just now is just starting to pick up and scale a little bit. And it's now June. So probably took me about two and a half months to really start to like pick it up. And now it's at a point where it's starting to really, really crush up. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and I, I, the reason I asked, cause I saw you on sharing on your stories, something to that effect of been posting three days for, you know, two months straight. And I finally got to 10,000 and then I checked probably like a couple of weeks later and you were at like 50,000. And I think now you're up upwards of 70,000. So, uh, people are responding to what it is that you're doing now in the time frame of going to zero zero to, to where you are now, what is one thing, one challenge that you've overcome that was a, was almost a, a, a more of a surprise to you that you didn't know that you were going to face. Getting burnt out mm. would probably be the one that I would say comes to mind. Like when you're posting three times a day and you're only getting 500 views, um, or 300 views and you're not getting any traction and you've had success of accounts getting 22 million views and 17 million views, uh, you're used to like having it be able to pop off. Um, for me, it was like under seeing that and being like, dang, like I'm not getting any, and nobody's seeing these videos. I'm putting a lot of time into them and getting faced with like, what is, what, what is going to keep me going? And really what kept me going is interacting with people in the comments, seeing that like, even in that 300 view video, I'm getting five, six comments from people that are like, Hey, this really helped mm. and being like, cool. It is helping people. It's just not getting the awareness that it should get that I know it should get because I know this is a good piece of content. So for me, it's like, this is an algorithm play. This is a, this is not a, it's the contents problem. This is a, it just need, it might need more time. And so once I recognized that I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this and I know it's going to start working and this content that I'm putting out, I know is good and it's going to happen. And so it was just a repetitions thing. And then lo and behold, video 160 gets like, you know, 50,000 views. And then I start a new trend series and then it just like really takes off. And now mm -hmm. those videos that are, that were getting seen by 600 people. Now I'm reposting them and they're getting seen by 22,000. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, okay, I knew that before. It just wasn't, it just, it just needed more time. It just needed more repetitions. And so I would say like for what the, the challenge was not getting burned out, staying the course, letting the process take its place, being patient and just like still continuing to push it. Yeah. And you brought up a great point when you were getting started and you were having trouble kind of rebranding your personal account. And I don't know if it's that common of thinking, but th th that same exact thing happened to me. I had a YouTube channel that was, it was like parody music videos. It was funny stuff. It was like tour vlogs type stuff like that. And then I wanted to go into teaching and I had all these subscribers and then I would put out this content that was teaching and people were like, yo, what the hell, man? We want the funny guy, <laughs> you know? And, and the, that tells YouTube these people aren't engaging. So why would we push it to more people? So, yep. uh, 
I a friend of mine was like, "Hey man, you got to just start a new account." And I did and and it's it's starting to do a lot better, especially the TikTok and the and the Instagram. Uh so that so, yeah, wait, before you jump, I want to say something on that because I think that if you if you have a really close engaged audience and you build that relationship with them, I do think that you can have the conversation with your audience and say something like, "Hey guys, I've been doing comedy skits for the last two years, and now I'm like really interested in cooking. Do you guys mind if I start posting cooking? Can you guys please support me in this? Like, it might not be for some of you, that's okay, but for other of you, like, please, like, help me get this going because I want to start branching into that too. You might have some people that are going to drop off inevitably because they only wanted comedy, but you also can get some, you might get some people if you have that relationship with them and they're bought into you as a person that are like, cool. Let's check it out. Like, I'm here to support. And I think that that is the way that some people can transition it. Other people, if they don't have that relationship with their audience and they go from comedy and just upload cooking, they're going to lose all those people and they're going to lose their, not the respect, but they're going to lose that relationship because the people are there for cooking or for comedy. There's been no communication about, I'm going to transition this. And now there's cooking and they're like, I'm out. Yeah. And that transparency is important for both of you guys where you almost want the people to unsubscribe because you don't want people hanging around that aren't there for you because it's telling you know youtube or the account whatever like people aren't engaging so i, I like that strategy just saying hey like this is what i'm doing now and you can really test uh you know how loyal your, your followers were the My amount of the 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 um the depth of your audience is more impactful than the width of your audience yeah. so having Having a thousand followers that really, really, really are ride or die and will buy your products and care about you and support anything that you do is way, way, way more impactful than having a hundred thousand followers that don't care about your products and don't really want to support you as a person and aren't super bought in and are only following you because they think your videos are funny or think your videos are hot or like the depth of your audience is really what matters. Mm. That's a great point. That's a great and, and on that point, let, let's say you know you're going deep on on TikTok right now. You're teaching people specifically uh, how to become um, cr better creators, how to connect with a, a wider audience. If someone was starting a TikTok today, maybe they have this um, this deep knowledge on a subject. Maybe maybe they're into mountain biking, <laughs> and let's say, let's say someone's into mountain biking and they're a little hesitant to start on TikTok. What would you tell them? Uh, what would you tell them um, to get started today? Is mountain biking what they want to be known for? They want to teach about mountain biking. They want to talk about the newest, hottest bikes and, and, and stuff like that. They, yeah, they want to build yeah. an audience around that. I would, I would think about like how can what – what do I know now that I wish I knew when I was younger mm. or wish I knew when I was just starting? Two years and ago. Like yeah, and I would teach that audience – and, and put out that content. So I would literally start a series that says three things I wish I knew when I was starting mountain biking, three things I wish I knew about building a mountain bike. Like start, I would put out content that I wish I knew when I was younger or wish I knew when I was just beginning. And then I would listen to the, what the people are saying in the comments and I would create the next piece of content off of that. Yeah. And I think that's that I call that in the, the, the one step ahead principle where and, and i think you probably have a, a understanding of this too coming from hockey being a professional hockey player 
when you were coming up the ranks, you didn't have to – if someone was in high school and you were in middle school, that person was one step ahead of you, and you could learn from them. They didn't need to be a professional athlete to be able to teach you. You know, they might just – some people are just good at teaching, you know, the swing mechanics. They don't have to be a professional. Just one step ahead, and you can provide insight to that person that's that's behind you. Dude, what, one thing that really – works on TikTok that I'm seeing a lot of is people love to see the process. People love to see like successful brands that they care about and they love to see how they package their orders, how, what the work environment is like, what a day of working in that office is like, like people want to see the behind the scenes because it helps them relate to that person or that brand better. So I think that the, the process of like, if you, if, if we're using mountain biking as an example, and you're a professional mountain biker, showing the process of how you learned how to do, how to ride on certain types of terrain, how do you learn how to put together different pieces of your bike, how you learned how to not fall when you're going through a certain course, like that kind of stuff is what people want to see. And I think that there's been a, in just in how brands and people show themselves in content, especially on a platform like Instagram, is they just show the final product like they just show the the put together actual product and i think that people are really missing out on that like process of what it took to get there and that in the process is where you actually build a following cuz that is the relatable factor rather than the final product and that relatability is what people are really being drawn to now yeah and and i feel like on tiktok too people are so uh, people are so opening to like less produced content too that could just be, you know, you're out, your 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 tire goes flat. Like you don't need a, a DSLR. You can just document that and, and and show that experience real time. So true, bro. Like that's one of the, it's one of the main things that I tell brands when they're starting. I'm like, you don't need to hire a videographer. You don't need to have a nice camera. Do you have an iPhone that has a front facing camera on it? Cool. Set it up in your office on a table and just talk into it. Set it up with the background that you have behind you. Cause it really doesn't matter anymore. Actually, like if you're, if you have experience in, in Facebook ads or Instagram ads, like the things that are actually converting the most and getting people to buy the most products are those iPhone shot, really low produced kind of like, it looks like it's just a friend of yours posting it on their Instagram story because it's that relatability. You connect better to something that shot, looks like it's shot on an iPhone and looks like it's a friend sending you it than you do when it's like a massive budget shot on a red camera. It just feels better. It feels better, you know, and people are bombarded with advertisements all day long. So the split second you see a red camera, a bunch of quick cuts, like a like this epic narration coming in, you're saying, oh, I'm being sold to. And people swipe because people are so sick of being sold to. But if you can create relatable content and it starts with, the production of it, uh, you have a much better chance connecting with your audience. And I, I, as you were talking, I remembered something that I saw on, I think it was Honey House's TikTok a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago. I don't know. It was a, I think it was a brand integration that you did with Poppy. Um, yep. And I'm curious because I saw it. I, I, I remember I sent it to my friend because I was like, this is brilliant because I'm, I'm come from the brand world. I work for a brand during the day and I, I just love how I love seeing people successfully doing campaign campaigns. And it was like a, it was something where it was like a competition. People were, I want to say they were flicking like, like ping pong balls into maybe cans at the end of the table. And it was so cool because the, the poppy can is the brand's called poppy, right? 
they complimented the scene, but it wasn't saying, "Hey, look, buy this." <laughs> it was just in there, but you were just, you were there for like the the competitive aspect of it. And, and the broader scheme of that, I watched the show Survivor. The the massive production um, version of that is they have like someone sponsor like the reward for that day, and you guys are taking these broad concepts and making them accessible on TikTok. So how do you go about the creative process of coming up with? like how you execute campaigns with these brands. So like the first thing is like for brands moving forward, I think it's make entertaining videos. Don't make ads, mm. make videos that people want to watch. Don't make ads. So for us in with all of the creative that I've done with brands, it's brands are participating in that piece of content. They are not the focal point. They are not the centerpiece. And I think that that converts better because going like this and being by this product doesn't work as well as, Hey guys, here's some things you need to know about this. And this is going to actually bring you value. And it happens to be used. It happens that this product can help you with that. So that's the way that I look at it. And like with that honey house example, it was like, Hey, we're going to, we actually approached it as like, we're going to film a really entertaining game that people will want to watch. And we think we can use your product as one of the props in it. And mm. like, yeah, we'll make you, we're going to make your product look really good. And we're going to like, we'll shout it out and like, we'll have it like injected into there to where people can see it very clearly, but it is not us focusing on your product and telling people that they need to go and buy it. Totally. And the branding for Poppy is so beautiful that your eye automatically is attracted to it. But if you're scrolling through and you see that, even if I'm someone that doesn't know who you guys are, doesn't know, I don't need to know the backstory of anything going on. I, I like get it in a split second what the challenge is. And I'm like, oh, I, I got to watch this through. I got I to gotta know who wins. You know, as a human, you get, you get curious about that. Do you have, so when you say that to a brand, do you, do you typically have pushback or a lot of the brands that you're working with, they're with it and they just get it and they trust you guys? So I think that now, now that I've had success with it, like yeah. now that I've had like the, a little bit of the track record of like, uh, integrating, in, integrating brands into content or like just specifically with TikTok, um, I think that brands have a little bit more trust into like what I'm saying, but I do think that there's brands that don't brands that are a little bit more, uh, um, not with the actual day to day of what people are consuming and how they're cre interacting with content. There is pushback of like, Hey, we actually want you to use our slogan in this, or we actually want it to be like changed this way. And we do need to be the centerpiece of it. And with those brands, uh, typically if, if they really want to go about that way, all because it's a branded piece of content, I'll work with them on it. But, uh, I highly recommend, um, listening to the creators that the brands are working with because one, if it's a, if it's a creator's audience and it's not living on your platform, that creator knows their audience better than the brand knows their audience. And so for a brand, you should trust that creator and that they know what's going to work on their platform rather than what you think is going to work because you're going to, it's going to convert better that way. So I, I highly recommend that they trust the creator or the creative. Um, but I also, when I'm going into it with a brand, I think that a lot of brands are more open to like, Hey, what's going to work on this platform? Cause it's so new. And then if they give me like the, the easel to like paint whatever I want, then it's like, yo, let me do something that I've had, a, had success with. And if it doesn't work, we can re-switch re it out and like try something new. But like um, I have a good feeling that this content is going to work. 
Yeah. No, it's it's awesome to see, and I think that you are a great example of someone that you know the world of working with brands, and then on an individual basis, you're creating content yourself. So you have like a you're a good. I mean, the 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 name of the show is Creators Are Brands because it's something that I truly believe in. It's the uh, creators are are the a brand is a reputation, and uh, and and creators are the best at building this reputation and this um, this emotional connection with their audience, and it's so important to protect that. Now, let's go back Dude, to I, go ahead. Wait, I I I, I, I want to jump in on that because I love that your podcast is called Creators Are Brands because it is the absolute truth that creators now and for the foreseeable future will be the biggest brands in the world. And the reason for that is in the, in the past, the society had a affinity to the establishment. Now society wants to ride with the individual. And so social media has given the individual the tools to be able to become and, and supported them with the infrastructure to be able to come to become brands themselves. And so individuals now have that ecosystem and have that infrastructure to be the next Pepsi and Coke and, uh, and, uh, GE. And like, they will be those big of those brands, the consumer brands, especially creators will be the biggest ones. Um, and so I, it's another reason why I am so passionate about what I do is because I've had this, uh, this almost in, intuitive inclination in the, from growing up of like, I ride for people. I love the individual. I, 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 have a, I had a, a, a chip on my shoulder against the establishment and like, I just love people. And I, and now the infrastructure is there to, to support that. And I think that, um, it's just amazing to see. And I think that it's just awesome that people can turn themselves into full structured businesses and actually be a business themselves. And, uh, I'm, I'm just with it. And I think that that's something that I'm really excited to continue to help people do themselves. Bro, that's why, yo, I, listen, number one, I'm clipping that moment. It's going to be the intro to the show. <laughs> it might be on the headline on my website because, yes, that is, the, that is the thesis of the show. And I think intuitively a lot of people like you and me, like, we get that. We've, got, we've understood that for a little bit, but even more so than now, uh, yeah, people are trust people more than these, these faceless organizations. It's why big organizations have always, I mean, you come from the athletic background. That was like the first influencer marketing. Like all of these companies became as big as they are because they rode on the trust of, of these individual a athletes between their relationship and the audiences and now individuals my background was in the music industry and we got started around like 2009 and in order to get started then it was very difficult like you had to have a manager you had to go through a label you had to do all there were so many gatekeepers and there was so yeah. and then like and then it kind of went into the youtube and i started to understand more more recently i'm like wait all the gatekeepers to be a creative to be an artist are gone it is all up here if you want to become a brand and build an audience and make an impact. So that's 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 why like th these are the conversations I want to have to help people that are like, you know, you know, there's certain people that it's, it's not for people that don't want to be it. But there's certain people that are like at a job 
and they're thinking about it. Like they, and they keep tucking the idea down and down. It's for the people that want to do it to say, hey, here's some insights if you want to start dabbling with that little TikTok account, quote unquote, you know, that little YouTube channel, like whatever it is. Like we're here to support you. And uh, I think you're doing a, a great job at it. You're doing a great job of, of saying, hey, this is accessible. You're filming this new account with nothing on your I- but your iPhone, right? Yep. Your iPhone and your ideas. So let's, let's, yeah. let's go a little more into that, right? So um, tell me your specific process of creating for TikTok. What, like what does it look like? Do you randomly go out to the day? Do you batch content on Mondays? Like what does that look like? So I run uh, a couple different businesses, brands that are – that I'm not necessarily front facing, like Triple Deke is my hockey brand that I still have, I have seven people that work on that with me. And so like my first half of my day is pretty much all dedicated to my agency that I'm working with brands. So conversations with brands, conversations with my teams on Triple Deke. Um, before that, it, w- it was Honey House. That's kind of on pause right now. Um, my girlfriend's about to launch a platform helping us. So it's kind of all like, the, the beginning half of my day is like the, the admin and the operational uh, part of it. And then the second half of my day from about one o'clock on is me and my own brands. So like my, my personal brands. So mm-hmm. my TikTok, my Instagram, my LinkedIn, Twitter, like all of that. And so I schedule it out so that when I, when it hits that time, I set up my phone and I know that I'm going to, my goal is to film three to five videos to be able to do that. I'm constantly writing things out in my notes, um, of like different ideas, things I want to talk about. Um, and it helped for me, it definitely helps that I run my agency and do this, all this other work because it gives me ideas to create content on. And that's definitely intentional. It's why I started it. All of the work that I do with the brands helps me think of, Oh, Here's something that a brand needs to know when they're creating mm. content. I write that down. When it goes to 1 p.m., I have that in my notes. I set up my iPhone, and all I do is jump in and just riff on that for 15 seconds or 30 seconds. I, and I really wanted to create this business TikTok so that my content could be me speaking because I love speaking, and I'm mm. doing a lot of it with brands and with people and all of that. And if I can figure out a way to get people to actually buy into my speaking then I can build this as a platform and it's something that I don't have to do. That's like me going and setting up like a car or going and setting up a a cooking show because it's already in my day. And now I'm just filming my day. Um, So for me, it's now it's become something that's a little bit more seamless when it gets to be 1 PM or whatever the dedicated time is for me to start filming. I have things in my head from earlier in the day or earlier in the week that I know that I want to go and talk about. So I just set it up and just run. Man. So you're saying, a lot of your ideas come from your actual experiences. You're like, listen, I'm getting my hands dirty on a day-to-day basis working with creators, working with brands, and that's where I'm pulling ideas. It's not like you're just sitting in a corner thinking these things out of thin air. I, could, I wouldn't be able to have ideas if I wasn't actually a practitioner, actually in the weeds, actually doing the work because uh, I just don't – I can't get the – I'm somebody that learns from doing things. And just reading about things, I can't, I can't absorb the knowledge the same way that I do from actually doing the work. And so when I'm meeting with brands and having conversations with them, meeting with creators and having conversations with them, and then creating content on my own, 
I'm able to know like, oh, this is something that creators are dealing with and something that I also am dealing with because I am a creator. So I can touch on this subject rather than just reading about it on Twitter and being like, let me go create a piece of content on that. It's a lot, it's, it's easier for me to create when I actually do it. So all of the brands that I do now, all of my own like um, uh, operational work allows me to come up with more ideas to go then and create content. So it's very much a wheel that feeds itself and that is massively intentional for me so that I don't have to go and, and uh, chop things up and move out of my uh, day-to-day workflow to be able to create that content. Now, is your only um, tool for content capture right now in, in your personal account, is, that, is it only your phone? Are you uploading any of that to you know, editing online? Are you editing everything natively within the app? I film legitimately everything, every single thing on my iPhone. Let's I film go. every single thing on my iPhone. 98% of it, I film with the front camera. So I'm <laughs> using yeah. a camera that's like low quality, like <laughs> it's nothing crazy. A lot of the times I'm filming conversations like this. Uh, a lot of the times I'm filming conversations like I'm having with creators and brands and just literally setting up on my desk and just filming it and then just posting it because the quality of the production does not matter nearly as much as it used to. And people actually, it actually, it actually, like we've said, the quality of the production being more relatable, like from an iPhone shot, actually converts higher than something that is shot with like a crazy high resolution camera. So I am like, I, I spent time going that route of like, I'm going to get a camera, I'm going to have a videographer, I'm going to have him chop up everything. I'm going to have like the most high quality, sick edits. But what you recognize is your idea of what is dope is different than everybody else's idea of what is dope. And so like you get into this place where like, if you try to be the best at the creative, you might be wasting time with being like good enough. And then just like being able to put out more because you're put it, focusing on it being like the most high quality, sick edit, cool music, tra- transitions, all of that, that you're only getting to be able to put out five videos a week rather than just filming shit, it be looking okay, but you can put out 22 clips. And I would rather put out 22 clips because as much as I think wearing some cool things or using grain and cool music and trending songs over top of a video and having cool effects is dope, majority of my audience doesn't think that. And so I lose the amount of people that I could be reaching by like trying to just like segment myself into being dope. Um, so I think that filming shit on the iPhone is the way that people can do it now. You know, it definitely is, man. I, I posted a, a, a IGTV a couple of weeks ago and uh, I was just talking to the camera straight up and I, uh, I got insecure about it because it wasn't the production quality of my other videos. So I pulled it off my grid. It was still up there on like the IG like category. Um, and yep. then someone DM me was like, Hey man, where'd that video go? And I was like, uh, it's still there. It's, I just hit it. He was like, yo, that was my favorite one that you've ever done. And it was raw, just straight to the mic outside. The wind is like muffling into the camera. And I was like, it, it, it proves that point that you just, that you just spoke about there. Uh, now the, you brought up something about, uh, you said your girlfriend is, is building something herself. Uh, it, it looks like you have a, a, a lot of cool collaborative friends in your world. When you create a piece of content, how many people like what, does anyone else see this content and like and and if so like how does your your creative support group play into uh your personal content mission 
So I would say I'm very, like, I'm super, super, super grateful, like, could not be more grateful to be blessed with people around us now in Los Angeles that are doing cool shit, that are good people at the same time, and that are supportive. Um, It, like, that, I would say, kind of is, like, the foundation of, like, all of everything that I do. I don't necessarily make content about, like, the people I hang out with or anything like that, but it is, like, kind of what keeps me driving uh, that community and that, like, real, like, humanity of, like, connection with good people around me that are doing cool stuff. So in terms of, like, me creating content, I don't make content... I, I definitely don't make content that they are in, in uh, like, featured in, but what I will say is the content that I'm making, I'm making for these people that are around me because a lot of them don't understand a platform like TikTok and so when I'm hanging out with them, they are asking questions of like, what kind of series could I do? When should I post? How do I caption things? And so when I'm having those conversations, similar to as I do with brands, I'm taking that and I'm writing it down and being like, oh, Mikey needed help with captioning. His question mm. was this. Let me go create that later on in the day because if it helps Mikey, it might help a bunch more people. What's the most common question that you get from between either, whether it's friends, TikTok comments? Like what's the most common thing that you see come up and, and what's the answer you, you, you provide for them? The most common question that I get from people is how can I blow up on TikTok? <laughs> Pretty broad. And the answer that I have at first, yeah, is it's probably the wrong way to look at it. Yep. You should look at it like how can I build a community that actually cares about me and my brand and my mm-hmm. personality? The second thing that I say, like tactical advice is you need to come up with a series. You need to do something that you can repeat that Mm. allows you to go and create it and get people to follow you. That's like an original piece of content rather than just doing trends. And then I send them on their way. And then it's easy to rep out them because you know this is the format of this. I can get right into that mode. And when new ideas come, you just filter it through that concept and it's easy to produce. It's a hundred percent. I think people lose steam when they're having to create something brand new every single day. Like I would say I'm a massive, massive creative and I'm always coming up with new ideas. And even I, if I have to come up with something brand new every single day, am like getting burned out or getting lo- or not being able to do it. So I think like that series idea, coming up with something that you can repeat that gives you almost like a template to go out and film, uh, allows you to take some of that weight off of your shoulders of like having to come up with something brand new every day. And it just gives you like a little bit of an outline to be like, cool, I know what I'm doing. Now I just need to know how to fill it and then I can go and do it. Wonderful. And so he, he, I'm gonna. We got a couple questions just to wrap this bad boy up. If you taught a course in college, and you, I know you said you want to do that, but here's the here's the the asterisk that isn't about content creation. What would it be called, and what's the first lesson that you would teach in that course? Communication 101, and it would be the lesson would be relationships. My man. <laughs> I do. I, I mean, I think that that's going to be like part of what I'm doing anyway, because I think that communication is what marketing is. Effective marketing is proper communication. Um, and I think that if a brand, especially now, if a brand can learn how to communicate and effectively communicate uh, with where people and meet people where they are at, they'll be able to get their product in their hands. 
And so I think that like I am teaching communication and I am teaching relationships because everybody is in a relationship with the brand that they're getting the product from, with the person that's behind that brand, with their spouse, partner, friend, everything is relationships. And in, in the, the basis for me of relationships is effective communication. So I think that that's the course I would teach. This was uh, an incredible, incredible conversation. Uh, I'm inspired by what you do. I feel like... Uh, I feel like, you know, whenever you pop up, I'm like, man, I just I, I want to have a conversation with this guy. So I'm grateful of our time today. I hope we can find ways to collaborate in the future. Where can our listeners go and check you out? Where's the best place to find you? Uh, everything for me is at JT Barnett on all of those platforms. Come say what up to me on those. And uh, I really appreciate you guys listening. I hope you took something away from this. Amazing, man. Have a wonderful, inspired day. And thank you for your time. Thank you, bro.